Hey neighbors, you are now tuned in to She in the House, produced by the Rush Valley Group Network. I'm Latoya Kay, stay-at-home mom and serial entrepreneur, coming to you from my living room in the suburbs of Atlanta. I created this podcast with my husband, Dane, to share our experiences. Show your host some love by subscribing so that you never miss an episode. And follow us on IG at n.da.house. Thanks for stopping by. I can imagine you dealing with a very emotional person. I'm not really emotional at all. I've never been emotional, but that seems to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, Toy can be emotional. How so and when? Toy, toy once I, I, a quarter. I think Toy is not so much emotional, it's dramatic. Dramatic. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's more dramatic. Please explain what you mean by dramatic. Um, The sky is always falling with Toy. You know, it could be as simple as. It could be as simple as. Her. <laughs> This is where we've created the words. Um, everybody's just against me. Remember that? We went through that phase where it's just they're trying like, to ruin me. They're, they're trying to ruin trying me. To ruin just, me. No. It's just like, it's always that. It's always you having some beef with somebody and you know, your mama or somebody and you guys phone, you start talking. They, they're just trying to ruin the person that I am. It's like, no, that's because that you're too deep, nice. You, know? you be like, but no, way it's just not that nice. too deep. It's mean, not that deep. I mean, this is like, like the sky is always falling with you, and then I had to talk you off the cliff and be like, "Oh, okay." Look, that's just my process, <laughs> bruh. Okay, it may start off like that, but then give me about twenty four hours, and then I'm in problem solving mode, and then everything is okay, and I'm back at even kill. Mm. But it's not like I'm running around here crying. No, you're not a cry. I, I don't run around you're not crying, a cry, but you are dramatic. You are dramatic. Because I see the seriousness of situations where you don't. <laughs> I read between the lines. Okay. Even when there's not a line to read between. It's always lines. Even when it's just one line, it's, you read between that huh? <laughs> It's a lot of mm-hmm. lines. You just can't see the lines. You're dramatic. Damien is very dramatic. How is that? Oh, my gosh. How is that? You get so emotional, like so emotional, be it a, a football game, be it uh, somebody driving too slow in front of you, be it um, just anything. It's just like you get so worked up so quickly and you have like such strong emotional I have strong energy. That's what you want to call emotion? The strong energy. Because you're a man, emotional. you're going to call it energy? It's, it's energy. Yeah. No, it's emotions. You right. have really strong emotions. You cry more than I cry. I, I, you know, I tend to be a little emotional sometimes when you it comes do. to like big things that happen in my life. Yes, you know, um, like for instance, like I don't take. And I think that's all Pisces too. We don't take death very well. Well, that's I mean? that that's understandable, but not. But like I mean, that. it can be, it can get to a point where it's just like it pulls you into like almost like a depression especially if it's somebody that you know and it doesn't even necessarily be somebody that you're necessarily close to but it starts to make you think you about, do take death really hard yeah you do you take it very very hard but i haven't had a lot of death around me since um you and i have been together so 
But I just mean beyond that. Like that that's something that's that's obvious. Like I'm not gonna shame you mm-hmm. about being you know, emotional about something that What else do I cry about? I ain't cry about You nothing. be crying. I ain't be crying. <laughs> What are you talking about? Ain't nobody gonna be crying. You gonna have to edit this out of here. I don't be cry, crying about. You be crying. Who? What I don't you know. Mean? Like I'll think of an example. I'm just having a hard time with examples today. But you do. You get like really, really. You're you're kind of like a. You spaz a lot. Like you're very spazzy. I don't spaz. You like... spaz. Okay, so you're like laid back and mellow. That's what I get. Though. What? Damon is not laid back. He is not. He is not laid back. He is very not laid back, mellow. very chill. But I do have, I guess, a bit of a temper. Yeah. Okay. You're very reactive. I do react. All the time. Sometimes I feel like you don't react during times when you should react. Sometimes I don't. Right. Okay, but that that's like a fight or flight response. That you got three re- responses: fight, flight, or freeze. I'm more of a freezer. Hmm. <laughs> I'm more of a freezer, but it's just like I want to step back. I want to assess the situation. I want to figure out what to do. You know what I'm saying? It's like I I, I like to think. You are just like very like. Sometimes it's not. Even, sometimes you don't need to think. Sometimes you just need to react. But you always react. Sometimes you need to think, hmm. and then you just you just react. I've noticed at times that you start thinking, you think yourself into being laid back and calm when it, you deserve to, to react. No. A reaction is necessary at that time. No. I react when I feel like reacting. When, mm-hmm. when it, It's not like I think myself into not reacting. Like There are situations that you felt like I've overreacted because at that moment I felt like this warrants a reaction. But I am very stingy with my energy. I conserve my energy and I, I pick my battles very carefully. And a lot of things just don't matter to me that matter to a lot of people. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I just, and you care. I started not to care so much, though. See, I get the opposite. Of us? <laughs> really? How so? You seem like you're the one that just cares and Damien don't give a. That's because he hides behind me. Okay. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs> wow. He hides because behind you're so me. Passionate about stuff. Yes. I, I would. I would think that would be like a form of caring. I guess so. I'm a hard worker. You know what I'm saying? I'm a very diligent hard worker. It's because okay. It's because you and I know each other on a very like professional level. We've yeah. been working with each other professionally, but for the most part, I'm just like whatever. I am. I really don't care about a whole lot of things. I don't. You disagree? <laughs> if it, when it comes to like my work or something like a project or something like that, I, I'm very particular, very detail oriented, very focused. But then a lot of stuff I just don't care. Probably because I expend so much energy there that when I need a break, like when I'm done with that, I just take a break and I just don't. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Toy, toy. What I've learned about you though is, in your later years, and you weren't like this before. You become like a perfectionist. I am a perfectionist. That's one thing that you has definitely changed. Um, and so I have to disagree about you, your level of caring about stuff, because you have become to the point where it's like you 
want your house to look a certain way. You want your podcast to be put together a certain way. You want your website to be put together a certain way. You want, you know, everything has to be down to the T. Yeah. You know, even when, even the New Year's Eve party that we threw, it was like some specifics that you were really, you know, really big on. And I kept on telling you, like, look, everybody in this month is going to be drunk as hell. By the time midnight comes, no, around, but the details make a difference. None. Like but, you create an experience for people, and I think you under. But you see, just as a man too, I true. just don't think that you understand as a man how important those type of things are. It's the little things that make, you know, a party memorable or an interaction memorable. Um, you know, so I pay attention to those things. There was a time I didn't. But I pay attention to those things. But when I say I don't care, it's just like, I don't know, like, things that people think I care about. I they Because people, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm light-skinned, I got curly hair. And people just automatically assume, like, the weirdest things about me. Because they think that that's... No, like, like, I write poetry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, it's like you're at every poetry set in Atlanta. Like, yeah, like, or uh, what's other some other weird things that people just have assumed about me, and it just blows my mind. Or they just think I'm just like that. So you don't nice. that you that you don't listen to rap music. Yes, and I will look, look. I will rap every word to like too short. Or, I remember, yeah, I, 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 when, I love. I remember, yeah, I remember that when we first met. And I went to California for a trip, and I asked you what you want me to get bring you for us, because I had a bootleg CD guy. Me and my cousin was sitting in the spot, and he had all the all the bootleg CDs. And I hit you up like, "What you want?" And the first thing you said was "Too short." I'm like, huh? "Yes, because I enjoy <laughs> too short." <laughs> and people look at me and they think that I I don't enjoy things like that, and I really do. I really enjoy that, or like. Snoop, like just old school hip hop, period. Like 90s hip hop, 90s rap. I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. People don't think I, people think that I haven't gone through anything. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because it's like, you know, I, I'm proper and all that. But it's like, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Do not get it twisted. And I'm not saying I was out there gang banging or nothing like that. But I lived there for though. 30 years and people just grossly underestimate how rough around the edges I am because of the way I carry myself because of the way that I speak. I was working at a bar, um, one of the bars I worked at a couple of years ago, and it was a roach. It was a roach running in the bar, and I took off my shoe, and I killed the roach without hesitation. And all of my coworkers was like, oh, my God, she could kill a roach. I'm like, I grew up with roaches. <laughs> what are we saying here? Not like necessarily in my house, but like, you know, my grandma right. and I, like, I've been around roaches. But it's like people think that I'm like this, like, really dainty. You know, people don't know I turn up the way that I do. You know, they're surprised by that, mm -hmm. you know, that I can go shot for shot with y'all on some tequila Things like that, like people just don't realize. They just think I like sit at home and I just sip tea and I'm just like this like super sweet girl super who just like goes and feeds the homeless and then like <laughs> braids old people's hair. You know, it's just like, no, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a regular person. I have a really bad temper. 
I do. I have like, I'm either okay or I, I, you know, zero to, you know, 100 real quick. You know, that's something, that's why I meditate. That's why I do the things that I do because this is something that I struggle with mm. as an individual. I have a bad temper. People don't realize that yeah. about me. Oh, I know one. What? I feel like, well, it's not even about your complexion or good hair or whatever, curly hair or whatever, but it was, um, you know, and this kind of goes into the next segment. I feel like you just have an easy life because you're a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. You know, that you, that you just stay at home and you sleep until 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you're on the phone all the time. And I come home and you go out with your homegirls and party all night long. And I come home every other week and just, you know, cash my check and give it to you. And you go out and just frivolously spend it. Yeah, like I live some type of just, charmed life. Right. So... This podcast is produced with the Rush Valley Group Network podcast. And they have, uh, we have like a, I don't know if I want to call it like a, a sister podcast or like brother. a cousin or a brother, brother cop podcast, brother podcast. whatever. It's some, we got some, some half siblings, okay, <laughs> in the family. That we ain't met yet, some, but we some, we some know cousins them. on the other side. We got of the some cousins over They're there talking mad shit. Right, right. So, um, I support them and I listen very regularly to that program, which I don't know that they know that, but I do. And I started listening to it even before they were on it, and that's how me and uh, Roland and I linked up because he, you know, I was very impressed with his podcast. It's called Seriously Out of Pocket. And um, it is a really interesting podcast. It's very provocative, very edgy. Um, yeah, it's a lot of people with some very strong opinions, sharing their very strong opinion in a real strong way. Okay. <laughs> so he, um, you know, and sometimes I clutch my pearls, okay, while I'm listening to this podcast because at times I am appalled but you know I, I believe in people expressing themselves and their opinions you know so I'm, I'm cool with that you know I'm, I'm not judgmental everybody thinks differently so on the most recent episode um, Roland mentioned us and said hey we got another you know person in the family and I felt that the response was is was not positive now now, it's not like anybody said anything about me specifically. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, Toya girl, yeah, we love her, whatever. But one comment in particular stood out. I produced another podcast, y'all. Okay. We got somebody else in the family, a uh, new addition to the family. Um, she in the house podcast. Uh, shout out to Toya and Damon. Um, they're a married couple who, uh, they just kind of talk about him being a, uh, working husband and her being an at home mother. And that's just their dynamics. It's very interesting. It's not as, it's not as bland as you think. Uh, that's how she hit a lick. Right, she came real quick. Uh, Damien, uh, Toya, do not bite my head off. She's the one that actually has been getting you guys a picture and helping me uh -huh. with the page. Oh, oh, the nice young yeah. lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nice. nice Toya, girl. We like it, girl. We like it. Nice oh, young thank lady. thank you, Toya. Thank you. Yes, thank she you. still hit a lick. <laughs> well, that doesn't take away the lick hitting. Okay. Okay. Uh, what kind of lick did she hit? Uh, the, a smart man makes everybody work for them. Oh, boy. No, a smart man do what? A smart man makes everybody else work for them. The, the owner so and I say he dumb. 
Uh-oh. We all, it's me and we supposed to be so doing this right now. I'm not doing this tonight. Okay, What's yeah, up? Go not, ahead, bro. Go ahead. I'm not doing this tonight. Um. And it was a bit triggering, this comment. And it was made by Eddie on the show. Eddie Kane. And what this this gentleman said, this young man says that I hit a lick. And I was like, oh, really? Hit a lick. Hit a lick because I'm at home and my husband works. Now, I was listening to this on my way home and um, I talked to Damon about it and you know I was just like wow you know people they they're gonna have their opinions you know be it a little bit triggering but Damien was much more upset by this comment than I was but we were equally um I mean I, I get used to it you know but it's always irritated me I've had first of all we've been together for it's almost 16 years. It's been 16. And it has this been month, 16 this years. Month. 16 years. Wow. January. In the first week of January, it's been 16 years. Married for about to be 14 years in a couple months. And so I've had coworkers. I've had homies. I've had family. I've had people always expressing their opinion. Why is she working? Why is she this? Why is she working? Okay. But one thing I do know is that everybody's giving their opinion about what's going on, about me and my wife, and there's been a handful of them, way more than a handful of them, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but a lot of the homies that were married during the time they were giving these opinions, divorced, separated, going through something that's leading to either one of those two, child support. I ain't got to pay shit in child support. I don't even know what child support means. Do, do you get your license? Do you get your license suspended? Do they come take you to jail? Do the judge say this? Do the judge say that? I don't know shit about that. You know why? Because my kids are taken care of. My kids are taken care of. And like I said, this is not a diss to any women that are out there in corporate America doing their thing. And this is not a diss to any single females or single mothers, I should say, that are out here who have to go to work on a, on a daily basis and then come period. home. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. But on the, same, on, the, on, the, on the other side of the fence, I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. And I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I don't have to deal with that because, you know, just like everybody has their opinions, I have my opinions too. But ain't nobody rattled your chain, so why are you rattling mine? You know, everything is everything is 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 copacetic over here, so why change it? You know, we're going on 14 years of marriage. Right. It's just like, it's so confusing to me because it's like, you know, black people talk about, you know, having a strong black family, you know, and, and having strong black men who take care of their children, who are there for their children. And, you know, as soon as something goes wrong, people are like, where were the parents? You know, where was the mother? Where was the father? And but when people find out we live the way that we do. Black people in particular, they're so judgmental of it. So it's like, okay, so you're judgmental of the fact that I have chosen my family. And I saying people who are working have not chosen their family. Some people have to work. Some people want to work. They prefer to work. That's fine. But I have made a decision to be here full-time available to my children, full-time available to my husband. And my husband has made a decision to 
fully support his family so that somebody can be there full time for his children and be there for him full time. And it's like that type of dynamic is what builds a stronger family. Our kids mm. don't have to come home to an empty home. You know, uh, like he said, we're not missing recitals and just different things like that. And I understand some people are in a position where they don't have a choice, but it's just like always just shocking to me when people are so overwhelmingly negative about that. It's like, so what do we really, what do we want? Do we want strong families or do we want money? You know what I'm saying? Do we want people married to their jobs or do we want people who are actually married to their spouses? Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we're doing. And, and, you know, and then also what bothered me about that comment more than anything is that, you know, saying that I hit a lick to me implies that one person is getting more out of the deal than the other. Like he like I'm living this charmed life and he has to go out and work. He's like some workhorse. And I'm just here like, you know, getting massages and doing yoga and getting my nails and my, 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 my feet done and just going on long walks and drinking wine at lunch and, you know, and, but he has, he has to go out and work, you know, like Eddie said, you know, a smart man, make a woman work for him, you know, like, <laughs> you know, just, it's just like, wait we a minute. We all pimps out here now these days. Right, you know, but it's just whole, like, how, <laughs> like, it, it, this again minimizes another experience that women are having specifically women who are at home it is a very hard job and people say oh well we know no you don't know and you know what I wouldn't have known if I hadn't spent time at home and spent time working it's pros and cons to both it's pros and cons to having to get up and go to work every day look it's some perks to being able to get up and go to work every day I didn't have to deal with my kids some days, for, but only for like an hour or two. And sometimes you don't want to deal with your kids for nothing but an hour or two. That's just the reality of it. You get burnt out. You know, there were, I, I could make friends. Um, I was meeting people just out and about at work. You have work events where you can go out after work and you can have a drink. You may be able to travel with your job. You know, all of those things are perks to having a job then when you decide I'm not going to have that, you lose all of that, you know, but then there was also cons and the cons is just not having enough control over my schedule, which affected the way that I was able to parent. I don't want to have to ask somebody permission, whether or not I can go to my daughter's track meet. Well, can I have this day off? Because, you know, my daughter, you know, she's a finalist and is saying, nope, we need you. Well, I can't come. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I can't, I can't go to my dog. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't like that, that type of control that was over um, my life. You know what I'm saying? But being at home, it's not like it's super easy. At home, from the moment I touch my feet, touch the ground, it's like I am doing stuff all day long. There is no break during the day. There is no like I'm about to take today off. There is no like none of that. On top of the fact that now all of the financial responsibility is on one person and it's not, we're not rich people. We're not rich people. So it, it, it's something that, you know, takes, um, you know, a, a lot of discipline and adjusting things here and there in order to um, make sure that we're able to do everything that we need to do. 
you know, so it, it's, it's not this charmed life. And it's just, it's so much judgment behind it. And people are going to have their opinions. But that's exactly why I created this podcast. And it really feeds off of the, that stereotype. Even on my like latest advertisement, my latest marketing, I put like an apron on me. You know what I'm saying? Like those type of things are triggering to I w- people. I why you did that. It's I, triggering. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually me and you had the conversation about, and I just thought that was very interesting. Right. right. And, and but you see, I put on him the the big old tie, you know, and it, it's just yeah. to kind of emphasize like the the overarching like the stereotypes that come along with this type of lifestyle and and I get it they're there look my mother was at home with me my entire life I'm not my entire life from the time I was probably about six or seven she stayed at home and just as a person on the outside looking in as a child of of a woman who made that decision I overheard the conversations that people had about my mother and the disrespectful things people said about my mother because she wasn't working and she didn't have nothing to do and she putting all of this on my father. Like, I've, I've experienced that secondhand, the, the lack of, of, like, just respect that people had for her. My mother's a, a, a brilliant woman. She went to Columbia in Chicago, which is, like, one of the, the best art schools in the city. My mother's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, and it's like people just did not give her the respect that she deserved because she didn't go out and work every day. And women like me have to battle through those stereotypes all the time and that type of treatment. You know, we're a society that's like so sensitive and just so like, you know, don't want to say the wrong things about gays, don't want to say the wrong things about certain races. You know, we're so hypersensitive, but there are people who are not protected that people feel like they can say anything about and it doesn't matter. And and one one group of people that fall into that category are women who stay at home. Nobody cares about how we feel. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about offending us. Nobody cares about what we go through. No, nobody cares. Like we're 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 just up for grabs. You know, and it just is what it is, you know, but it is a, a bit disappointing. And let me piggyback on what you just said too, you know. It's just like the biggest thing that's going on in the world today, or well, in this country, well, no, in the world today, sex trafficking. These kids walk into school and then end up missing. Boys, girls, excuse me, boys, girls, just coming up missing in this world. Now, I would love to see the statistics to see how many of those mothers or how many of the fathers both are working in the home, who daughter, who son has to get up, get himself dressed, Lock, lock key, you know, the key lock kids, or what do you call them? Lock, latch key. Latch key latch kids, key. I'm sorry. Latch key kids when he was growing up. How many of them are latch key kids who have to get up and actually walk six, seven blocks to school and then come home and do the same thing? As many, and, and when I was growing up, you know, that, that was common. And we didn't really have to, so much to worry about back then, you know what I'm saying? But now, shoot, that's one of the reasons why we moved down here is because, you know, I Googled our address, address in Chicago, and there was eight pedophiles that were registered pedophiles within a within within a six block radius of our house and my daughter had to walk to school you know would have to walk to school back and forth when we found that out the toy started taking the kids to school 
And you know, she could have been easily one of them people if Toy was working. She could have been one of them easily, easily one of the persons that Genesis gets up and walks walks to school, and then we just we just have never seen her again. You know, it it could easily be that, and it's just like we as a society need to understand like there's there is five million ways to skin a cat, you know, and don't underestimate the mother, the women who are married and decide to stay home because one thing that I believe is that stay-at-home mothers deserve to have a check. You know, just like any other check, I feel like they need to have a check in 40 hours a week because I see some of the stuff. I work from home some of the times, and I see some of the stuff that she does, and I was like, even when I work from home, you know, in in, in my office and stuff, she I get up at 8 o'clock, I log on. Sometimes I don't see her until like 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Because she's doing stuff. She's running around, running errands. She's doing this for the kids. She's doing stuff in the house. She's cooking up. She's cleaning. She's doing, you know, she's getting the bills taken care of. Stuff that I don't need to worry about. I can put 100% into my job and I can be successful at doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's a partnership. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing that goes on to the next. Kind of want to piggyback on that too. It's just like a lot of cats end up marrying a woman because they feel like this woman can do something for them. You know, as far as financially, oh yeah, I want to marry this little this little, you know, say an executive of this company or the CEO of this company or the CEO of that company or whatever. We're going to be balling out of control this and this and that. But when it comes down to it, you don't even know who the fuck you married, man. You don't have no idea who you married, man. This person when you jump that broom, that person turns in that woman per, turns into a completely totally different person. That's where they got that. That's where they got it from, you know, that woman who's nice and sweet to you and she cooks and she cleans and she rubbing your back at night. But when she jumps that room, it's like Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, man. This this woman's turning into something completely cuz you did not pay attention who the hell you was marrying. I can honestly say that I married somebody that was a friend. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say a best friend at the time, but right now, at this time of my life, I can say Toy's my best friend because it's like, I can understand that. And when it comes to when it comes to a marriage, everybody's going to make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? She's going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. But when if, you, if you're married to a, somebody that you consider a friend, that person is going to allow you to make mistakes and not hold it against you. That person's going to allow you to make mistakes and not be like, oh, I'm running the courthouse to get divorced and I'm going to hit you for a child support and alimony, and your life is going to be a liter- literally hell for the next 18 to 19 to 20 years. Sometimes now I heard you got to pay for child support all the way to your kids get through college. It's just like I don't have to worry about that because I, I mean, me and her, trust and believe, we've had our handful of issues, you know what I'm saying, not related to working from home, just handful of issues just as a married couple. And one thing that we've gotten through it is the fact that we can still talk to each other on a on a friendship level and get through it and get past it and move move on and and nobody holds any any animosity towards each other at all. And and one thing that being friends helped us to do was make this decision because you see me going to work and being really unhappy with what I'm doing and being in danger mm-hmm. and being super tired like when I was working at bars and things cuz I have I, I've started off as a social worker then I was working at bars for a while um I've tried a lot of different approaches I've I've attempted 
you know, okay, I'm going to work part-time. I'm going to work during the day part-time. Okay, that's not working. Well, maybe if I work at night, at least if the kids get sick, I can be at home during the day. Like, I've tried all different type of, of approaches. We've been together for 16 years. Out of 16 years, I probably haven't worked about five years in 16 years. You know, so it's like I always had a job, but it's like we've tried so many different things. And as friends, you look at it and you say, okay, this is not working for us. You know, it may work for somebody else, but it's like this is not working for us. I'm going to keep it 100 right now. I was the type of person who had a very hard time balancing working and taking care of my home. Every, some women do it and they're great at it. They, they have their job, their full-time jobs. They keep their house very clean. They, they meal prep on the weekends and all of that. I was not that type of person. My house was falling apart. It, we were going out to eat a whole lot because I just didn't feel, and I cook, you know what I'm saying? We were going out to eat a whole lot because I would be too tired to cook. Just different things like that were happening. So it's like, you know, that was affecting our marriage because that's one thing that I really commend women who are going out and working every day. A lot of them have to not only do their job full time, but they come home and they don't even have any help. They still have, even as a married person, even as a married woman, still have all of the responsibilities that I have, but they have a job on top of that. And some people are good at it and some people are bad at it. And I'm not ashamed to say that I was one of those people who was very bad at it. I could not keep a house. And not even not even that, but it's to me it's like a luck of a draw too. I got a cousin down in Texas who has a daughter who first of all didn't hardly miss any school, you know, and when she was coming up. She graduated at 16, 17 years old, something like that. It was super early she graduated. Went to University of Houston, got her undergrad, got her MBA, you know, it's worked in corporate America, and now she quit, and she's about to be an entrepreneur and starting her own business. And dope as shit. I mean, her daughter is dope as shit, you know what I'm saying? But in, in on our situation, my kids would not allow my wife to be able to be successful working, working and, and being able to take care of the house. My our kids are extremely needy, especially my fourteen year old. Extremely, needy. they're not like very she independent needs kids. Her mother around, and who am I to judge her for that? If you need your mama around, let's keep her around. Stay here with the kids, hold it down. And ever since you've been home working from, you know what I'm saying, being at home and just you know starting your entrepreneur because I mean you're still working really honestly you know you're just putting your entrepreneur businesses together. You got the podcast we got going on right now. We got, you know, your, you got your website you're about to launch yeah, next and, month. Yeah, and I substitute, too. And I substitute, substitute teach. teach. I, um, I actually started substitute teaching as a way to spend even more time with my kids. I was um, teaching at their school. And it was like low-key a way to almost be like a parent volunteer but get paid at the same time. And my kids are we're, I'm very close with my children and they would come see me two three times a day just stop by to see how I was doing I might have a snack for them they'll come get a snack or whatever but they were never the type of kids who were like embarrassed of me being there I would actually literally sub for their classes like other teachers but I would be in class with my children and they would behave and it was never an issue but it was just like a creative way for me to figure out how can I be involved with my family and still contribute in some way because like I, I think that there is always a, a certain amount of guilt that I experience 
not being able to bring in money. Like when things are tight, I feel bad because I'm an able-bodied, educated person and I would like to help Damien. I don't want him to, you know, have to just, you know, figure it out and feel stressed out like that. So it's like I, I wish that I could do more, but everything that I'm doing right now is building for a future so that, look, if we, if we when I make the kind of money, when I hit my goal, he could stop working. I don't care. It's just like all we're trying to do is survive. It doesn't have to, it, it doesn't matter who is not like because he's a man he needs to or because I'm a woman, you know. But if, I, if I'm making $2 million a year or something like that, then he, he can go and do something that yeah. he really is passionate about and wants to do. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. But we can't get there when I'm exhausted and I don't even have time to explore things or, or like really dig into things as an entrepreneur to build and ultimately build a legacy for our children. I can't leave behind a job. Even if I get the best job in the world, I cannot leave that behind for my children. But when, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, I, I have two books I'm working on right now. We have this podcast, we have other things going on, you know, behind the scenes that I ain't popping right now, but eventually Oh, you're going to be popular. Eventually, I will. And, you know, God forbid the day that I pass on, I want my children to still be able to eat off of what I've done. If I, if I have a New York Times bestseller or something like that and I pass on, then that money goes to my kids as those books continue to be sold. But, but that's me. I'm looking at the bigger picture. And I think that a lot of people just look at just like, what's right in front of them instead of the bigger picture. And that's why their relationships don't work out. And that's why they start having a whole lot of problems with their kids. That's why, because it's like, you're looking at today, but you're not looking at 10 years from now, what I'm doing, right. Okay. Yeah. You got enough money to buy your kids, you know, all these fancy shoes and do this and do that, you know, but like ultimately it's like, okay, then what? So, you hit a lick. I hit a lick, too. We both hit licks. We both hit a lick. You know what <laughs> I mean? We both are happily fucking married. In this On the same page. Role. And I feel like, I always say, it, Sean, they always say, like, for a son's perspective, they always say, you end up being with a woman who is similar to your mother. And Toy is extremely, rest in peace with my mom. She just, she just transitioned about five months ago. But, um... When she was walking this earth, you know, some of the things that she would comment on and some of the things that Toy would comment on, it was like it was coming from the same soul. And I can honestly say that you are a, a lot of similarities to my mother. And one thing that's similar to it is what she was around. She was around. She was around. Even when she did go to work. Even when I got old enough to the point where I was like, okay, boy, you can do this on your own. You know, you can come home and you cook for yourself after practice, after football, basketball, baseball, track practice, whatever. You can come home and handle your business around here. I don't have to sit here and feed you all day long. You know, even at that point, she was take, taking, like, you know, jobs that were part-time, even though she should, so she could be around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just like sometimes – I mean, it just is what it is. This is why I, I talk to a lot of women who are struggling with this you know, or who are still trying to work and it's not working out and they're just like so frustrated with it, you know, but I'm just like, look, you know, be it unfair or not, a lot of times women have to sacrifice mm -hmm. for their family. Oh, I got this lady in my job. I got this lady in my job. 
she is, and I completely and totally understand where she's coming from, and I hold it down for her all the time. Even when our other our lead, he be tripping on her a little bit. Our other, you know, people be saying this and this and that because she has to get up every morning, drop her son off at school, and then drive to to, to um the job down in Midtown, and then turn around and make sure that she's out of there right at four thirty so she can go get him from his after school program. Or else she's gonna get she's gonna get fined for p- picking him up too late. Then go home, cook for the boy, make sure his homework is done. You know, it's just like damn. It's not it's not easy. Damn, though. and I you know, and I commend her. I commend her. But this is why I'd be like, leave her alone. And when she's supposed to be at work at eight o'clock, and she walks in at eight fifteen, leave that lady alone. Yeah. yeah, leave her alone because she's dealing with a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I commend people that can do that. You know what I mean? Right. Right, but but I think it's important to say because I don't want to leave this conversation like, you know, without acknowledging the fact that we understand that that option is not available to everybody. No, it's not. People are, and, and we're just blessed to be in a position where we're able to do that, where we're able, one of us is able to be at home and be available, and that's not. You know, um, you know, I don't want anybody who's not able to be in that position to feel like like we're judgmental of them. But the the whole point of her purpose was like just giving our point of view on it. Like we understand your point of view. We understand that that's hard. We understand that some people, if you ain't doing that, y'all not eating. Bills ain't going to get paid. We understand that. But like try to understand us too. Try to understand where we're coming from too. Because we don't judge people who live their lives that way. But people are quick to judge us. Live your life how you want to live your life. I'm the last judgmental person in the world, you know, but at the same time, it seems like the people who are the least judgmental are the ones that get judged. All the time. It's so crazy. All the time. She an ass. She an ass. She an ass.